we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is At The Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Glad to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon as we take on the issues at the core of not only American Family Radio, but also of our country. The core issues that that make a nation great or make a nation weak. There are principles that uh, produce prosperity and freedom and liberty and benevolence and all of those things. And then there are principles that produce famine and shortage and destruction and evil. And it's our choice which principles we want to sow in. Garbage in, garbage out, good stuff in, good stuff out. Well, we talk about here at the core... It's how to get the good stuff in. We got to identify the difference between the good stuff and the garbage, and then we got to know what to do to get the good stuff in. We know there's been a lot of garbage going into the culture for a long time, and it's our job uh, now as we're awake. People are waking up and going, "Okay, I get it. I get it. I see the results. I see the output side of the equation is not so good." So I want to change the inputs in my life, in my family, in my church, my community, and of course our nation. So if that if that sounds like something you want to talk about and hear about and learn about and, and do better on, then you have come to the right place. And we welcome you to be a part of the conversation. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. 888-589-8840. I like to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Just kind of hit some of the headlines and then take your phone calls. And, uh, of course, uh, the good news, on the good news side of things, man, I want to talk a little bit about the movement of school choice all across the nation. And I'll just be up front with you. I'm biased on this one, man. This is why I ran for the legislature 25 years ago. This was my number one issue uh, because it affects so many things. And because I'm such a big believer in the free market and competition, it always improves the product. And the product here is education. And uh, in the the stranglehold that the teacher unions have had on education in our country is why the poison of cultural Marxism has been allowed to be put into the minds of our children for multiple generations the vast majority of children in the country. Competition, school choice, breaks that stranglehold. It it breaks the monopoly of the leftists controlling education, and it allows for you as the parent to choose what's the best education for your child. Is it homeschool, private school? Public school? Is it a different public school? Is it a, is it a gifted and talented school? Is it a is it a a, a, a charter school? Is it uh, is it is it a Christian school down the street? Is it a secular private school? I mean, all of those options should be available to you, and the money that the state was going to spend on your kid at the local public school district should not just sit at that local public school district. It should go where your child goes. It should follow the child. That's why we call it child centered funding. And the good news is that this is uh, growing like crazy. I mean, people uh, across the country are clamoring for it. Why? Because COVID woke people up. Not COVID. The government over response to COVID woke people up, and they started seeing just how bad the public schools are. They're atrocious. They're awful. Listen, I'm telling you, get your kids out of the public schools, whether school choice passes in your your district or not. And the reason it's so important is because I understand there's parents that cannot – 
move their kid out of the public school. They don't have another choice, or at least they, they don't perceive that they have another choice. I, I would argue that you can find a way to homeschool or private school. It's it's sometimes very, very difficult. Now, I know it's, it's, it's almost impossible for a single parent, and that's why school choice is so important. It's for those people that don't have the finances to pay property taxes and pay for a private or home edu- education. Because that's what you have to do. You got to pay twice. That's what we've done with all of our kids our our whole life. Is we've had to pay twice. We pay out the nose in property taxes to the local public school district that we get absolutely zilch from. Nothing, zilch, zero, nada. And then we pay to educate our kids. And uh, and and so you know most people can't do that. And and so if you're especially if you're a single parent or if you're if you're a, you know both parents are having to work or whatever. So what school choice does is it at least puts the decision making in your hands as the parent. And you can decide, yeah, I like the local public school. I want my kid to play for the local football team or whatever it might be. Whatever your reason is that you would want to stay in the public school, fine. That's your choice. You should have that right. But you should also have the ability to say, no, you know what? I'm going to redirect those dollars, and my child is going to go to this local private school or go to our church school or go to whatever school it is that that, that you want them to go to, and the money should follow the kid. And these states are getting very creative on how to do this. I, I totally understand. Many of you listening right now, your your knee-jerk reaction to this, I get it, uh, is, no, 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 wait, I don't want government money going into my local school district, my, my, my uh, church school or, or um, you know local private school because it'll come with strings. Now, my argument is let the market decide. If that school wants to take the government voucher or dollars or whatever it might be, uh, hopefully without strings, but risk the possibility that in the future there could be strings, then that's up to that local school. And the market will cause uh, a, a market solution, which will be public schools, private schools that take uh, public dollars, and private schools that don't. And then you can decide which one you want to participate in. But here's the solution that a lot of these um, organizations and state legislators are coming up with that I think – I think is is brilliant and and so far has worked and that is instead of government dollars going directly from the government to a private school and then they're trying to do strings we do education savings accounts where the money goes into that account and the parent is the one directing where that money goes and therefore the government can't get to that local private school and try to put strings on it. So that's what's being pushed in a lot of these states. I like that. I think it's good uh, even though I would I would still support legislation that just creates any kind of school choice and then let the market decide whether or not you want to participate in that program or not. Um, so we're looking at Iowa, Utah, Texas. Um, I mean, th- these are these are big movements in these states to go with school choice. A bunch of other states moving forward as well. Uh, these governors like Reynolds and Iowa getting behind it, pushing it. Uh, this is big, folks. I mean, this could be um, this could be the, mat- the 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 biggest change in education that we've seen in our lifetime. And you have to. You have to break the back of the, of the teacher unions. You have to break the back of the leftists that have been controlling education, and competition is how you do it. And, and, and in, here's the good news. It makes – a rising tide lifts all boats. It makes all of the schools better. When you create competition, when you in, interject into the system competition, and, and you empower parents to be able to say, hey, hey, local school district, either you improve or I'm going elsewhere. Just like you can do with your local coffee shop or your local restaurant or your local grocery store or your local department store. If they're not serving you well and you want a better option, you take your money and you go elsewhere. And what does that do? It makes that local coffee shop get better. 
It makes that local restaurant get better. Competition works. It makes everyone better. And it, and it works the same in education. When parents start taking the money elsewhere and going to private schools or other public schools or charter schools or whatever else, that local public school has to improve. They are forced to improve. And what does that mean? How, how, what does that mean by improve? It, th- what happens is they start putting more of the money into the classroom instead of all of these heavy, you know, administrative. The, do you realize we have people in Texas, superintendents that are making $500,000 a year, $500,000 a year in public education, these turkeys are getting paid. And then they get all of these sweeteners into their contracts and all these guarantees where if they do a lousy job and you get rid of them, they still get the money. It's ridiculous. And it's your tax dollars at work. Competition changes that. Competition forces the money into the classroom. It forces the school to get better. It forces them to respond to the parents instead of these crazy situations like we've seen, like it's been exposed over the last couple of years where all these teachers have been caught on camera saying that they're transitioning these kids, they're they're teaching these kids all this radical sexualization, they're teaching these kids all these communist ideas, turning them into communists, and nobody knows about it because parents aren't allowed in the classroom and parents don't get aren't allowed to know. I mean, all of that is what gets stopped when you have competition because the parents say, we're out of here, we're going to another school if you don't fix this. And so then the schools have to improve. So this is a win, 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 win all the way around except – for the leftists. They lose. And I like that. I like that outcome. Parents win. Kids win. Teachers that are have the kids' best interest at heart and are in this for the right reason, which is the most of them, uh, they win because they end up making more. When there's competition, it forces the teacher's salary up. So if you're a good teacher and you're doing a good job and you're getting good reviews and you're getting good results, you're going to make more money under this system and you're going to be rewarded by your school district and you're going to be able to have classrooms where you don't have to constantly be dealing with the problem child. Competition improves all those things, and so it's good for everybody. So that's on the good side of the ledger today when we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So congratulations to those states that are considering school choice. Go for it. I'm telling you, this this is going to help everybody. I hope that my governor in Texas is not just giving lip service to it, which he typically does on conservative issues. Uh, once in a while, he actually gets behind them and, and helps to make them happen, and and and, uh, and I hope he'll do that with this issue. He's he has not in the past. He's he's never been a real um, you know force for good on on school choice. But he said at uh, several conferences back in the fall he was going to make this a a major issue uh, this spring in our legislative session. So I'm hoping that he does that. Uh, Kim Reynolds has already done that in Iowa. And, uh, and in other states, they're, they're pushing as well. So that's a really, really, really good thing. Uh, let's all um, uh, you know encourage our legislators to do that. And, and I guess this week is actually National School Choice Week. So this is the week where everybody's really, uh, really pushing, and, uh, and I'm a big advocate of that. You may be for it. You may be against it. You may have questions about it. You can call in with that, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Looks like, uh, man, uh, what is this uh, now? Even Mike Pence uh, has classified documents discovered at his home. So, I, I mean, you know, uh, classified documents here, classified documents there. If I could sing, I'd say here a doc, there a doc, everywhere a doc, doc. I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, so, you know, but hey, uh, we're not going to treat anybody else like we did Donald Trump. I mean, it was the end of the world when supposedly they had classified documents at his house with with Joe Biden it's uh, at his house it's at his it's at his think tank it's by his corvette uh Hunter Biden had access to it at the house uh you know i mean all of that and yet still no raid 
I mean, with 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 Joe Biden, it's just oh, we're we, we, we're going to talk to his attorneys. We're going to make sure everybody's nice about this, and we're, we'll have a search. But you know, it's not a raid. You, you understand the difference, right? A raid, they show up. And they and they and they pound their way in, and they and they take over, and they throw stuff around, and they go, you know, a search. They go, oh, okay, well, we, we we gathered everything, we set it here on the kitchen table for you, and now let's sit down and go through each of these one document at a time with the attorney present. That's what they're doing for Joe Biden. They didn't do that for Donald Trump. Why? Because they hate him. Because they absolutely are a two tiered justice system, Justice Department. And they definitely do the opposite of what Merrick Garland said yesterday. Oh, we treat everybody the same. What a lie. What an outright lie. This man cannot tell the truth. Can you imagine this guy was that close to being on the United States Supreme Court? And he's an absolute hack who is using the Justice Department to punish his political enemies and punish the political enemies of Joe Biden and then protecting Joe Biden. They've protected the Biden administration all throughout uh, the last two, you know, three years during the campaign of 2020. And then, of course, through the last two years and even now still trying to do everything they can to prevent the Hunter Biden stuff from coming out. Uh, so it's just a, it's, it's just so obvious to everyone. And uh, it's why we need to drain the swamp, folks. That's why it's so important to get people in Washington, D.C. that are not part of the system, that are not uh, willing to do business as usual. It's why I, w- I was so excited about uh, the stance that the 20 Republicans took and, and that, uh, that, that my friends, Lauren Boebert and, and, uh, and Josh Burkeen and others led the way on. Uh, man, that showed that it's not business as usual. Now, granted, that's only, only the House of Representatives where that happens. So that's one piece of a much bigger picture. Don't forget, we got three branches of government, right? You got your legislative branch where the House is, but it's only half of that. Senate is still an absolute disaster. And then you got the executive, complete disaster, right? And then you got the judicial branch, which is better than at any point in my lifetime, but it doesn't mean it's, you know, it's not a slam dunk. We've got a got a mixed bag over there as well, but it's progress. So be encouraged, be encouraged. That goes back to the good news side of the equation. But man, on the bad and the ugly, like I said, here a doc, there a doc, everywhere a doc, doc. That's going to be our theme today, and uh, we'll see what they do. I haven't, I haven't read the details on the Mike Pence thing. I just saw the headlines, so I don't know what these these classified documents are that have been found at his house. But it's definitely going to take that campaign issue out of his hands. Uh, if uh, you know, which apparently he is running for president, so we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a showdown between the president and the vice pre- former president and former vice president at some point. In all of this. All right, starting to see the phones light up. 888 589 8840. A few more news items I'll get to when we come back from the break, but we'll also be getting to your calls. If you would like to participate today, we take all kinds of calls. So you might have a comment, you might have a question, you might have an insult. We take them all. All right, so call in 888 589 8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Looking forward to being with you the rest of the hour. Stay with us. You're listening to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high. Twelve gates around the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure, they're translucent. 
No need for a sun. God's glory lights the city. No tears. No pain. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. You're just not a good person if you think this way. If you've recently heard your girl spout an exact line from a famous Instagram influencer about a moral issue, you've witnessed the cultural phenomenon known as groupthink. Groupthink pushes individuals to speak and think a particular way regarding a hot topic and removes personal responsibility or critical thinking towards that topic. From climate change and voting preferences to cancel culture and history, many Gen Zers listen to others' opinions to guide their own. For godly girls, worldview and moral compass come from God, our Creator. It's likely that your girl will experience social doxing for holding on to a biblical worldview. Encourage her to endure well and to hold on to the ways of Christ no matter the pressures of groupthink culture. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. At the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thank you for staying with us, or if you're just tuning in, joining us on this Tuesday. The phone number to participate is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. A couple other quick headlines in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, man, I don't know. Bad, ugly, definitely not good. Andy Stanley, um, you know, just basically uh, um, <laughs> just ignoring the Bible completely. I mean, just once again, an apologist for the homosexual community from one of the biggest pulpits in America. I mean, this is, um, you know, this this is what happens when you care more about being popular and uh, and and trying to get people to come to your church uh, just to just to attend and donate and and uh, feel good about yourself because you're you're welcoming to everybody in the community rather than speaking truth and standing on truth and 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 you know causing people to repent. Um, you know this this is the same as I mean think of, think about it if you if you just took what what Stanley said on Sunday, um, which was essentially you know defending the homosexual community and and essentially saying they're better than most of the heterosexual community. Um, it would be the same as saying getting up on Sunday morning and saying, you know, hey, listen, if you uh, if you like adultery 
and, and, and you like sleeping around, even though you're married and even though you got kids and you've got a family that should be for, you know, that's okay because that's just who you are. That's how you were, you know, that's how you were born. You were born that way, so you just enjoy that. And, and as long as you're coming to church on Sunday, despite the fact that some people won't like you because of that, um, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. You know, pat, pat on the back, and, and you just keep having those adulterous affairs, and you sleep around with anybody you want. And, and, uh, and at our church, we love you anyway. I mean, that's essentially what he's saying. It's the same thing. Does anybody think that's a, does anybody think that's biblical? Of course it's not biblical. Folks, we're all sinners. You know, I'm not saying one sin's worse than another. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We should get convicted at church. We, we ought to hear a sermon that says, you know, it's wrong, it's sin. Here, We're here to help you get through that. We still love you, of course, but we're not going to say we love you and keep doing whatever your sin is. Anyway, it's just embarrassing for the for the Christian community uh, that one of the lead pastors in the country um, is is speaking like that and and in the clip I watched I mean the sarcasm towards heterosexuals uh, and the defense of the homosexual activity um, you know and and here I just fell into the same trap I, I'm identifying people by their sexual proclivities which is wrong that and we shouldn't speak that way it should be you are a, we're all sinners in need of a savior and when we engage in what the Bible is very clear on is sinful activity, then we should be convicted by that. And we should be, be, you know, there ought to be all kinds of programs in our churches to help us move beyond that and and to not participate in that and to to overcome that and and to apply Scripture uh, to that area. But, man, here we go. Here we go again. Uh, the church watering down the gospel. So that's definitely on the on the bad uh, and the ugly side of a, uh, of the equation. Last news item, and then we'll we'll uh, open it up to the phones. Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. If you've been paying any attention at all uh, to um, conservative media, there is a massive spat going on between Stephen Crowder and the folks over at the Daily Wire, namely my friend Jeremy Boring. And so my bias, i got to tell you right up front, uh, the folks at Daily Wire are friends of mine. Uh, they speak at Patriot Academy. I, I love what they do. Uh, I've known Jeremy for, for you know over a decade. He's been been to Patriot Academy's Leadership Congress multiple times and, and spoken there. So just so you know my bias, I've never met Crowder, don't know him. Uh, I've, I've never been a big fan. I've watched his stuff sometimes, but he's always been kind of a, I mean, I'm a caustic guy, but I've always thought he was just a little bit too crazy and caustic. At, and, 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 you know, th- th- there's a need for what he does. I, and I have, I have always said we need him in conservative circles and we need him out there doing what he does on campuses and all of those things. So he's a valuable member of the conservative, uh, communications, you know, world. And, and so I wish him the best, just as Jeremy did. Uh, and and hope that he continues to have a large audience and and influence the culture in a positive way and be a voice for uh, conservative principles and constitutional principles. However, this spat that he is in with with the Daily Wire, I, th- there is th- there is no I cannot defend recording your friends when you're in contract negotiations and playing that for the world in a in an out-of-context way to try to make them look as bad as possible, and then being, in my opinion, extremely um, childish in terms of your overreaction to contract term sheets. I mean, folks, anybody that's ever been in any kind of contract negotiations for, for a, um, you know, a TV show or a radio program or whatever um, has to be looking at, at what he's doing right now going, what a child. What an absolute child to respond the way that he is and, 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 you know, certainly to do it publicly. I mean, that, that is just, I mean, I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm completely appalled 
by the way that he's handling this. And and on the other side of the equation, I am completely impressed with the way that Jeremy Boring has handled the situation. If you watch Jeremy's video, it's the most professional, classy response uh, to what should have never been a, a, a public debacle in the first place. But because Crowder did that, um, Jeremy had to respond. And Jeremy does it in a very, frankly, biblical way as he con- showers love upon Crowder and compliments upon Crowder and wishes Crowder absolutely the best while explaining, here's what happened. It's very simple. Here's the term sheet. Here's the things that that, that we uh, were willing to do in offering this guy $50 million. Now, I understand it's $50 million to Crowder's entity that he has, and, and, and so he's got production costs that are going to come out of that and all kinds of things in the way this thing was going to work. But still, it's $50 million. Okay, Jeremy, hey, buddy, you know, $10 million. Just give me $10 million. I'll pay for the production to give you a show. Uh, but anyway, bottom line is uh, uh, Jeremy lays it all out, and it all comes down to the fact that if Crowder says something that causes one of the income streams to be reduced, he gets a reduction along with Daily Wire. Daily Wire is not saying to him, if, if big tech is bad to you and they cut you off on one of your income streams, you bear all the burden and we don't. But no, they're saying we'll still bear most of the burden on that loss, but you got to share in that burden. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why that was so bad. But uh, anyway, all of that to say, if you're watching that spat, uh, you know, my position on it is very simple. Don't be a child. You know, negotiate your contract in private, and then if you don't like the deal, walk away from the deal. That's called free market. That's called that's that's how competition works. If you don't want to go with that company, fine. Just don't go with them. But don't go bad mouthing what were supposed to be your friends for over ten years and and fellow you know sojourners and 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 warriors in the movement that are clearly on the same side folks that have helped you and 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 promoted you and had you on their programs and all of that don't go slamming them in public recording their conversations taking it out of context and acting like they're the bad guys when in fact they're doing as much for the movement as anybody they the daily wire has has blazed a new trail for for the conservative movement and and pr- provided incredible uh, um, um, influence on the culture and moving of the dial. I mean, can you point to anybody when you combine Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Jeremy Boring, um, um, you know, Jordan Peterson now part of it, Dennis Prager? I mean, all these people, they are essential to the movement. And Crowder, to to, to anyway, I, I I probably am going too far, but 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 for Crowder to dismiss all of that and act like they're the bad guys that they're in bed with big tech. I mean, it's just insane. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I think he's revealed himself to be um, interested in self. Frankly, it's, it's about how, you know, he claims it's not, but it's all about now. It looks like to me creating his own, you know, um, network or whatever he's going to end up doing. And uh, uh, in my opinion, this is not even close as to who was in the right and wrong. My prayer and my hope is that Crowder, just like we should when we go to church, Crowder will be convicted of what he's done here to friends, and he will come back and say, you know what, I was childish. I was emotional. I responded in a wrong way, even though it was three months later, which is part of what makes this ridiculous. This term sheet that he's so emotional about, his emotion came out three months later. So it kind of reveals to you that it's not uh, what he's acting like it is. All right, enough about that one. Um, You know, uh, Hats off to Jeremy Boring and... Ben Shapiro and Knowles and the guys over the Daily Wire, you guys are handling this, I think, very professionally. And uh, and I just want to say kudos to, to Jeremy for uh, for what I think was a really, really classy response 
to a very, very childish response. Okay, let's go to the phones. we got to, man, a lot of calls. Let's see how many we can get in here. Uh, Ron uh, in Tennessee is our first call of the day. Ron, go for it. I apologize for uh, making day. you wait so long. Go ahead. Oh, good afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You know, it's one thing to talk about the media, and the media only likes to talk about consolidation and the money they get from advertisers. What documents I want to find out is how much of the federal government's funding for this controlled opposition between one party and the other go directly to Fox or the other networks like uh, Comcast, et cetera, et cetera. And who's got those? I mean, is this, isn't this essentially a war between the Archbishop of New York and the Archbishop of the uh, D.C. Uh, district? Because we've got to turn the money off. The Federal Reserve is not going to go away uh, quietly. And they control our money, and they're a consolidation of five banks that are foreign. We don't even control the printing of our own currency. So as a matter of fact, our debt does not belong to us, the people. It belongs to them. Let them eat it. <laughs> well, you, you raised a lot of subjects there. Uh, you know, I, I'll just the only thing I'll add to it is, uh, you know, I, I used to not defend the Fed, but I used to defend Congress's ability to contract out and 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 have somebody else handle that. I no longer do. I've, I've you know, Ron Paul, by the way, friend of mine, and was my congressman while I was a legislator, and uh, we did events together, worked together. So you know, I, I love the guy. Uh, he he's been right about the Fed, you know, for the last forty years, and and uh, the problem that it that it creates, and and the reason that Congress should not have. Uh, contracted that out essentially. So, 1913, very, very bad year for us, folks. The Fed was created. The uh, the 16th Amendment income tax was created, and the 17th Amendment changed how we choose our senators. If I could get in a time machine and go back to any moment in time, it would probably be 1912, and I would start campaigning against those constitutional amendments and that uh, and that movement to to the Fed. Um, and it would it would have a massive impact on where we are today, a hundred years later. Okay, let's go to Carl in Texas. Moving over to the great state of Texas, Carl. What's your comment or question today? Go ahead. Hello, thank you. I want to ask for your opinion and comments about Donald Trump's same-sex marriage celebration and gala at Mar-a-Lago, please. Well, I don't know enough about it to comment on it. I saw a headline that there was some sort of uh, um, you know event there. I don't know what role he played in it. I don't know you know, so I don't know how to comment on it. All I, all I could comment on is. Uh, you know, Donald Trump's personal life and decisions uh, have always been a problem, uh, but his public actions and results uh, uh, while in office were better than than any president of my lifetime. So it's you know it's a mixed bag. I'm not I, I will not and cannot defend uh, you know things that he has said and done personally, uh, and I would put that what you know that event that you're talking about into that into that same category. But I will absolutely defend his actions as president. Most of them, not all of them. He did a lot of things I disagree with, and I've yet to find uh, anyone in office that I agree with 100 percent of the time. But uh, anyway, hope that helps. But uh, but yeah, definitely not some um, an action that I would support or that we should uh, support. Let's see. Let's go to Christopher back uh, back over to Tennessee. It's the Tennessee Texas dance today. We started in Tennessee, came to Texas. Now we're back in Tennessee. Chris, go for it. Uh, hey guys, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Um, I just wanted to comment on uh, what you had to say earlier about the need for competition in the education space. Just a minute, baby. Um, <laughs> well, all three year olds hey, trying to talk to me as soon as I get on. Tell the phone. your three. Well, your three year olds what this is all about, right? Go for it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, I used to be. I am currently a math teacher, but I now work for myself with COVID and everything that happened. The competition element came up. People are homeschooling. 
Um, the, the, the ability to teach online became a thing. And so I'm all about what you had to say. People don't understand if we can make the power, you know, the money, the power of the purse go from the bureaucrat to the parents, yes. Yes. the amount of leverage that's going to give us to blow up the whole game. Whoever has the money and gets to control where the money goes has the power. And no one loves the kid more than the parent. I'm sorry. Nobody that's does. Right. That's right. Nobody loves my kid more than my, than me. And so allow them to have ESAs, which are educational savings accounts, but they can use it for private school. They can use it for um, private tutoring. They can use it to pay teachers. And teachers that want the best for kids are going to thrive, just like you said, because competition will be there. And if you're That's good right. at what you do, people will pay for it. I promise right. you that. They're doing it now. So anyway, I just have to say that. That's um, good, man. Um, I just That's I just a, had to say that. That's, you're just speaking my language, and I wanted to just come on and affirm it. And, <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, Christopher, I appreciate it, man. And that's, you know, from the front lines. I mean, you, you, you've been there. You've seen it. And, and like you said, I mean, you make a really, really important point. The parent cares more about their kid than any bureaucrat. And, of course, what the left always does in the education establishment, they always say, yeah, but you don't understand the parents we're dealing with. They don't care about their kids. They always take these extreme cases and the bad example and try to apply it to everyone. For most people... The parent cares more about that kid's education than anybody else, and they're going to want that. They're going to have that kid's best interest at heart. I mean, I know people that are anti-school choice that will, and and so big government, you know, um, pro uh, uh, public school control and everything that'll actually say, yeah, but parents will take the money and they'll keep it for themselves, and the kid will never get educated. Yeah, there are some bad people out there right now. There's no doubt, but they are so few and far between, and you can go investigate that and prosecute that. Most parents want their kid to learn. And, and if it was about, you know, if we were actually going to prevent any failure and theft of public dollars, then you'd have to get rid of all the public schools because that's where most of that stuff happens uh, for sure. But uh, but I will say this about these these programs that are being used, most of are pushed, most of them, what they do is they take most of the money and it follows the kid and some of the money stays back at the school district. So it actually increases per pupil funding for even the kids in the public school. So yes, it gives that kid that wants to go somewhere else, whose parents want them to go somewhere else, the ability to do that, but it leaves some of the money back that gets spread out among the other kids. So it actually helps everyone. All of these are good programs. I forgot to mention Arizona. Doug Ducey got a fantastic school choice program uh, finally passed there in Arizona. Now Katie Hobbs says she's going to dismantle it. So of course, uh, being the uh, you know uh, Democrat, big government, anti-kids and anti-family person that she is, um, that's what she's going to uh, try to do. It's another reason why it's so important for Katie Hobbs. Uh, I mean, for uh, for Carrie Lake to win these lawsuits. And man, have you seen that? That's another thing I need to talk about. I'll try to remember that when we come back from the break. They've already found a ton of votes that are absolute fraud and then a ton of votes that were not counted that should have been counted it's it's a mess it's a mess in arizona so those lawsuits i think are something for us to keep our eye on we'll be back with your phone calls in a moment 888-589-8840 is the phone number if you'd like to participate today i'm rick green america's constitution coach and you are listening to at the core with walker wildman and rick green Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. 
Car app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit, and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other, too. MediShare 65+, plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. This is At The Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman. Welcome back to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. Thanks for staying with us on this Tuesday. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Phone number, if you would like to participate today, 888-589-8840. I was trying to find my my notes, and I can't find them, but the the Cary Lake uh, situation in Arizona is not over, folks. This is a... uh, these are very important lawsuits that right now are still moving forward. Katie Hobbs is trying to get them all thrown out of court, of course, because, you know, if you still an election, you don't want it to go to court where people can figure it out. Uh, and so this disaster that happened in Maricopa County uh, still continues to be uncovered. A massive number of people that were turned away that day or their votes didn't count. Uh, hundreds of thousands that the machine rejected uh, on Election Day, knowing that that was mostly you know, uh, Cary Lake supporters. And then I don't know if you've seen the on social media, these pictures, but the 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 signature cards on these mail in ballots that are <laughs> I mean, talk about not close. I mean, you just imagine whatever your signature looks like 
Imagine uh, someone else's signature that is not even close. I mean, it doesn't even look like the same letters. Uh, and, and and that's how bad uh, these these ballots were, and and they were still counted instead of being thrown out, or at least adjudicated, at least put in front of representatives of of, of multiple camps uh, to be able to look at that. It's bad, folks, and and that's tens of thousands of uh, of mail in ballots that are that are that bad. So this stuff is, you know, I, I mean, it's it's hopefully going to be uncovered. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. You get in there, you look at this stuff, you uncover it, you do it quickly. Um, so that we don't end up in the situation we're in with the presidential election, where now it's you know two and a half years later, and or two years and two months later, and and now everybody's just you know kind of got fatigue of it, and they don't want to hear about it anymore. I mean, this Katie, this Carrie Lake versus Katie Hobbs race, uh, there's there's a lot to uh, to be learned there, and there's a lot that needs to be reversed and overturned. Not only on that, the AG race there uh, as well. That one was even closer. So much to be seen uh, still coming out of Arizona. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We'll stay uh, – no, bad, but it really is ping pong. We're going back to Texas. Lisa in Texas has the next uh, has the next call. Lisa, go ahead. Hey, Rick. You know, when I – right after midterm elections, I was listening to David on Wall Builders talking about he saw something providential in how the elections turned out, even though they weren't the red wave. And I started thinking about the fact that this whole, you know, fight in the House and these 20 from the Freedom Caucus that allowed all of these amazing measures to get negotiated. Had there really been a red wave and we would have won the House by a lot more, this wouldn't have happened. And so I see that as very providential, that the fact that it was such a small number meant that every single uh, member of the Freedom Caucus's vote really counted, and they did us such a favor. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, you're, no, you're right on, and, and uh, I can tell you behind the scenes, um, David was telling me that, uh, you know, before the election, he was like, you know, hey, man, you know, whether we get a red wave or not, if it's if it's uh, if it's close, if, if the House numbers are close, that's going to give our folks even more negotiating power because each of, uh, you know, each of the the um, uh, Freedom Caucus, their vote will matter that much more. Um, you know, we didn't know that it was going to become uh, the standoff that it became for that whole week. But you're 100 percent right. I mean, it, it empowered our folks to have much more of a voice and now to have that voice on every bill that comes to the floor. And so it's uh, it's 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 counterintuitive, right? We would much rather have this massive majority in, in, in the House. But in fact, it's the opposite of what we've seen in previous years where we had a majority and the middle of the road. Rhino Republicans controlled the agenda because, you know, they could con- they could say we're not going to vote for, for that bill. Well, they still could do that, but they just don't have the momentum. And this handful of, you know, the Freedom Caucus, they're the ones that have the momentum and, and have proven that they will go to the mat. And as I mentioned last week, you know, it's like the Ronald Reagan and the air traffic controllers thing when he stood up against that uh, and, and refused to, to, to cave to their demands. Um, he showed what his medal, and he, he showed he knew how, how to negotiate and stand his ground. And so then later with the, with uh, Gorbachev uh, and other situations, um, it paid off. And so the same thing with the Freedom Caucus here, because of that close majority in the House, and because they took the stance they did during the Speaker's race, that will carry over uh, to a to a um, uh, to, to every bill that comes to the floor and their negotiating power. Okay, going to go back to the phones, but uh, man, I just saw uh, this headline. So. Third day in a row that we've had a mass murder event in California. Now I find it um, I find it interesting that the you know that that finally we're seeing more and more headlines from media outlets not saying mass shooting. 
even though it's, it's a gun that's being used. I've said for years, it is not a mass shooting. A mass shooting is what happens when I go to the range. A mass shooting is what happens when we have a training and everybody's shooting at a target. There's, that is in and of itself, a mass shooting is not evil. Mass murder is evil. Mass assault is evil. And that's what it should be called. And these are mass murder events or mass killing events. And three of them, three days in a row, this has happened in California, which, you know, is is awful and it's horrible. And we mourn with the victims and we should be righteously angry at the politicians that have created the environment for this. They have created the environment for this for by making it harder and harder for law-abiding citizens to defend themselves. And all of their gun control laws, all the gun control laws that all these people want to pass all over the country and, and, and that, that Joe Biden's for and that all these left-wing politicians are for, they've already passed them in California, and clearly they do not work. Every time you do what Illinois just did, every time you do what this president wants to do, you help the criminal, and you harm and hurt the law-abiding citizen. And now we've seen it three days in a row, mass murder events in California, where all the laws that they pass in California were violated by the dirtbag. Dirtbags do not follow laws. Dirtbags ignore laws, and the law-abiding citizen now has a law that prevents them from having more than eight rounds in their magazine or more than whatever in their particular state, the silly laws that they pass against high-capacity magazines, which is better known as a normal-capacity magazine, laws that prevent homeowners and and law-abiding citizens from being able to defend themselves. And so here, once again, we see um, the lunacy of the left pays off. It pays off in death. It pays off in more murders happening because... They are not they're not principle. These laws are not principle based. They're not freedom based. They're not based in the laws of nature and nature's God as they should be. They're against the laws of nature and nature's God. And as I said at the top of the program, there are principles that produce freedom and liberty and benevolence and and prosperity and all those things. Those are biblical laws of nature and nature's God. And then there are principles that produce death and that produce famine and that produce shortages and that produce all of the bad things. And those are the principles of the left. They're anti the laws of nature and nature's God. Okay, I'll quit ranting. Let's go back to the phones. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Gina in Texas. Gina, if that's hey, you Rick. next, go for it. Hey, Rick. I yes, saw ma'am. you in Tyler, Texas years ago. Ah, love Tyler, and Texas. You were just incredible. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Look. Louis Gomer country. Yes, love Louis um, as well, man. One of the greatest Texans to ever live. Love that guy, man. He's, uh, you know, in fact, I, I'd, I'd love to see him run again for something. I know he uh, he's done in Congress for now, but uh, great guy. Yeah, he is. And I want to thank you and him and also your screener for your service. He mentioned to me that he was in the military. Thank you. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. No doubt. Well, well thank I you. I hate to go back to this topic, but my question to you is kind of a legal question. Why is it that the National Archives aren't being called on the spot with these classified docs all over the Mm. place? And number one, and and how do they track these things? And number two, how do we know how many classified documents are not there that were removed from the the offices and so forth um, deliciously? And, And so it just raises big questions as far as the whole thing is concerned. Yeah, good question. I don't have an answer for any of that, and you're right. They should be questioned 
on this. You know, everybody, whenever uh, when they when they raided Mar-a-Lago and, and and Donald Trump, they acted like the National Archives were the end all be all. Man, these were the good guys. They were you know uh, they were disrespected by Donald Trump, and everybody was singing their praises. Uh, we ought to be doing exactly what you just did, and that is questioning them. We ought to be saying, how are you not staying on top of this? How is it that we've got these uh, classified documents everywhere, apparently? And, uh, and, and, and how is our system not um, you know, set up in a, in, in a better way? So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that will be uh, very much what happens, uh, Gina, in, uh, in, in Congress in the next few months. There's going to be hearings. There's going to be questions. These people will be, you know, how, do, how does this system work? Part of it, of course, will be, um, you know, um, closed door proceedings because we don't want everybody to know how these classified documents are are kept. But um, yeah, good question. Uh, we'll see what happens. But no question that that the system's not working, uh, whatever that system is. Uh, staying in Texas, Dennis is up next. Dennis, go ahead, man. Hello, Rick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for calling in. I do. I was going to call about something else, but I'll ask you real quick. What's the difference between a dirt bag and a scumbag? <laughs> That's a great question. I use them interchangeably. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm pretty close to you. I'm in Lake Dallas, not too far from Alito. Yeah. But anyway, real quickly, I've been seeing some things on the Internet about Kerry uh, Lake. Uh, it kind of indicates her lawsuits failed and it was over, and you're saying something totally opposite of that. Why am I hearing that on the Internet? Yeah, I think, uh, well, there were multiple lawsuits. Uh, the state Supreme Court there, I think, had ultimately ruled. I, I can't remember, um, you know, which one was which. And then there's not just Kerry, but there's all these other groups have sued. And I think those are the ones that are still going forward, if I remember right. And I should, I'll tell you what, I'll do a little homework before Thursday and, and be able to speak to this a little bit better. Uh, but there are definitely still suits going forward. There's still testimony in the in the Senate there in uh, in uh, Arizona that uh, and that's where uh, some of these outrageous numbers were revealed yesterday. Um, but I'll try to get a better answer for you uh, on that. But we have not given up on Arizona and the and the truth coming out there. And it's really important for the whole country because you know the, the, this stuff. If you don't stop it, uh, you get more of it. And and so when you have what happened in Maricopa County happen and then no consequences for it, it doesn't get reversed. People don't go to jail when that happens. All you're doing is saying to the rest of the country, "Yeah, doesn't matter. You can cheat. You can you can you can manipulate. You can you can uh, break down the system and all the things that they did and uh, and get away with it." And I'm afraid that's what's happening after the presidential election, after this election that happening. It's going to encourage more of it. So we've got to really press the gas here and uh, legal organizations, uh, uh, candidates. I mean, everybody that cares about free you know fair elections and and and, and confirming those things um, needs to not not you know, get fatigue here and give up on, on these very important issues. You can't have a constitutional republic without elections that people can have faith and trust in. doesn't mean you're, you're going to have perfect elections. We will never have perfect elections this side of heaven. Um, you know, human beings are involved. And so there's always going to be people that cheat from all sides, right? I mean, this is not just, you know, Democrat or Republican. I mean, you have to have systems in place that discourage those things and that everybody gets transparency. They get they get verification. They get legal remedies. Those are the three requirements for elections that we can have faith and trust in. And states are working on it. We've got good legislators in most states that are really pushing hard to get that done. But, man, it's it's a it's an ongoing battle for sure. Okay, I think we're headed over to Louisiana. Steve in Louisiana, go ahead, man. What's your comment or question today? Hi. Yes, sir. Um, I'm 65, and I went through civics class when I was in high school and stuff. And I went over to see my grandbabies. 
and they had a school event. So I went to the school, and he was so excited to show me where his class is at. They don't call it civics class. I don't know what they call it. So I was walking through it, and he was excited, showing me everything. And there was a deal up there with our Constitution on it and Bill of Rights. I got to looking at it, and I said, well, that's not right. That's supposed to be or, not and. And they had the and and ors in different places. I'm going like, and I know just from a legal point, and and or means a big difference when you're in contracts. That's right. Hello, you there? Yeah. Yes, I hear you. And I hear you. Go ahead. So I mean, I mentioned it to my daughter and stuff, and she got concerned about it. And we called somebody in there, and you know they were giving us a little run around. I said, no, no, that that's not that's incorrect. That's not what you're teaching. You're teaching them the wrong thing. So she ended up taking it to school board, school board. Oh my god, it made a big storm on why do we not have the correct deal up here. So the last thing she got from them was it was a misprint from the, you know, whoever puts that up. But uh, the teacher was there when we were there, and he was just, like, defending it completely. And I said, dude, that's not right. I'm just telling you. And so I don't know where it lies now. I know it went before the school board and they're investigating everything. So, I mean, and I told my daughter, I said, and I want to tell all grandparents, go into their school room yeah. and look at what's on the walls and what they're teaching these kids because there's yeah. a big difference. I know from experience on a contract, if it says and or or, that, that could be a major difference. Yeah, I, 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 I think – Right, right. And that's that's what I was going to say, Steve, is that, that, that you know, it very much could have been an innocent mistake. People make the mistakes, no doubt about it. Uh, but how do you fix it if you don't know about it? And so that's why exactly what you're saying. Because there, there are, without doubt, a lot of people in the education system that want to change our history on purpose. That's the whole critical race theory. That's all that stuff that they're doing is to remake America – uh, in the way that they want it, which is the leftist communist way. So, so 100% echo what you're saying, Steve, in terms of encouraging parents and grandparents. Go visit the school. Go see what they're teaching. Look at the curriculum. I mean, that's what the whole COVID crackdowns revealed when all these kids were doing school on Zoom and parents would walk by and hear, wait, what a minute? Wait, wait, what? You're teaching my kid what? And that's why you had this mass exodus from the public schools. So, uh, yeah, good call, Steve. Thanks for uh, calling in today. Thank you for listening, everybody out there, and for supporting the program. You've been listening to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.